0: Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark uh, still out probably for the rest of the week, maybe back Uh, In time for the Saturday program. So, uh, Wayne, always good to have you in here. And, of course, we'll talk to you about whatever's on your mind. You dial in 1-800-259-9231. Last night, I mentioned a story about Cuba and what has been going on there after Castro uh, – excuse me, not – Fidel Castro has been – stepped down, I guess. He's still alive, allegedly – But he's getting too old, too frail, and he has uh, announced that Raul, his brother, will be taking his place. And I think he has taken his place for what the last couple of years, maybe now. I
1: don't know if there's a lot of rumor about and speculation about that because uh, Fidel has been very sick. Mm -hmm. But you know what interested me about Fidel is in recent years is he said one thing that even our administration in the U.S. here, I shouldn't say our administration, the administration in the U.S. here at the federal level. Kind of denounced, and that was that he, he Fidel Castro kind of renounced socialism. He he kind of questioned whether or not it really worked or not for Cuba.
0: Really? Because oh, didn't they come out with like a a retraction after that? Didn't I remember that news coming out, and then I remember something coming out like the next day where oh no 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 that wasn't what he said or well that that's, what
1: the, that's what that's uh, what the establishment media uh, in the U.S. said. They tried to kind of smooth over what he had said. Hmm. But, but the when I read the quote from him, it clearly to me said, kind of indicated that he was questioning socialism.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, because I, I agree with you. I mean, I remember reading that and it was, a, it was kind of a shocker. And what we've seen happening in Cuba over the last uh, couple of years since Raul has been uh, in charge, I fe- it feels like it's been a couple of years, maybe it's only been a year or so. But since Raul has been in charge, there have been a few changes. There have been some – and I used this term last night and I I use it very loosely here – market-based reforms (laughs) for Cuba. Mm -hmm. I mean saying that about Cuba means they're going in the right direction, kind of like China. They're still a communist country, uh, but they're doing some things right. And it's it's having an effect for people. Unfortunately, they're having a tough time uh, because – I wasn't there for this, Wayne, but it's my understanding that once the Soviet Union fell and communism died over there, uh, a lot of people didn't know how to handle things like they'd never walked into a McDonald's before and ordered a hamburger. They they didn't know what that was like. And the
1: Soviet Union was supporting Cuba economically Mm -hmm. for some time. They were sending grain. They were sending money. And when the Soviet Union collapsed, of course, Cuba was on the, on its own, except for any other aid they might get from other communist countries in Latin America or, or elsewhere.
0: So here's what's going on in Cuba. They're, according to Reuters, their program to slash 500,000 state jobs nationwide, we talked about this when it was announced initially a few months back, has barely gotten off the ground in the provinces as officials scramble to provide alternatives and deal with unease and anger over the layoffs, because you're talking about... A huge swath of the workforce there, because the state is the employer I mean the state is is all in Cuba, uh, from what I understand, and that's what they're talking about doing is slashing the state jobs, five hundred thousand of them in this little island uh, country, The layoffs aimed at cutting expenditures by the debt ridden government and increasing productivity on the Caribbean's biggest island are a key part of economic reforms, Castro says, are critical to the survival of Cuban communism. Some 3,000 jobs have been cut in eastern Granma province since the program started in October, a similar number in adjacent Santiago de Cuba, and 1,000 jobs in central Camagüey, according to local officials. But that's just 10%. Of the 70,000 jobs they said were slated to go by March in three provinces, and already the experience has proved wrenching for a society where a secure job had been guaranteed for decades under a centrally run socialist economy. A middle-aged woman in Santiago de Cuba asking her name not be used said that we never know now if tomorrow we'll wake up with a job or not, and it was never like that before. The companion reform measure lifting many curbs on operating small private businesses and working privately in skilled trades was originally designed to absorb the workers who have yet to be let go. As of January 31st, 113,000 people nationwide had taken out licenses to work on their own, including 15,000 in the the above three mentioned provinces. But Marta Adan Hernandez, the director of labor and social security in Camgue province, said there's room for many more people working on their own. But they don't likely know how they've lived their whole lives being told what to do. Right. Expecting that, uh, you know, the state was going to take care of them, that the state was going to provide them with uh, with their vocation, I suppose. And now that's being pulled away from them and that. You know, it's like the the caveman waking up in the twentieth century. That kind of a fish out of water. It must be like that, right? I mean, I'm only trying to put myself in their shoes, and it's it's very difficult to do because we've lived here where, oh, well, it's certainly not a free market but it's a lot more free as far as economically than, than Cuba is.
1: Well, sure. At the same time, though, you know, that there, in these types of countries, there's huge black markets which are entrepreneurial. That's true. So you're going to have people like that who may uh, set a good example, may get the ball rolling, so to speak, uh, with entrepreneurship. But in the end, I think that from what I've heard, the government is also making deals with foreigners to come in and start businesses, kind of these sweetheart corporatist-type mm-hmm. deals because they're trying to, to prime the pump. They're trying to get things going. And and you're right, it is difficult, but there's still a lot of cronyism because of the way the system ran for so long that you really have to get the cronyism out if you really want to uh, stimulate entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, who knows what kind of roadblocks these people are up against in order to become entrepreneurs. Sure. They, uh, I'm sure the government wants a piece of the action. So I think it's they're
1: trying to move more towards China's model, which is more um, a combination of corporatism and
0: communism. So 113,000 people had taken out licenses as of January 31st, which, you know, that's a good sign. And I remember uh, we read about some of the black market stuff going on over in Cuba in the past on this program and like satellite dish installation and stuff like that. You're not supposed to have uh, non-state television in Cuba, but yet it's a very popular thing to have a satellite dish as long as you can obscure it from view of the – uh, you know, the, I guess, administrator types that might walk around and check on those things. Um, but there's a very bustling business in satellite dish installation and kind of maintenance and selling receivers and things like that over there. And, and there's all kinds of things. Like A lot of people that are working these state jobs do have underground things that they do at the same time to kind of supplement their, their income. So maybe that's what we're seeing here with the 113,000 people. Uh, maybe a lot of those guys were already being entrepreneurs. And so this isn't, Much that's new for them. If not full-time, maybe just on the side to make enough to survive,
1: you know, because a country like that, there's not a lot of resources, but people can put two sticks together and make something.
0: So the bureaucrat told uh, Reuters that there's no limit and many services still need to be provided for the population. Castro's reforms envision a growing non-state retail and farming sector and more efficient state-run companies. Well. You can have the non-state retail and farming sector, that's a good idea, but the idea that you're going to make your state-run companies more efficient, I don't know if that's going to really pan out. They are expected to be approved at a Communist Party Congress in April. The massive layoffs have reportedly come under fire during tens of thousands of meetings held across the island, as a lot of damn meetings. Uh, As a prelude to the Congress, the program is described as a reorganization of the labor force because, in theory, laid-off workers are declared available and offered other jobs, or they can lease fallow state land or become self-employed. In other words, create wealth instead of just digging a hole and having somebody else fill it in, which doesn't create any wealth. That's right. 29 nurses at one of nine health clinics in Camagüey, upon being declared available last week, were offered jobs at local hospitals. Some are taking the offer and others are going home because at the clinic you work eight-hour days while in hospitals you work a 12-hour day or night shift and it often turns into 24 hours when your relief doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. That was not the case for bookkeepers at 20 restaurants in Santiago de Cuba attached to the tourism ministry. Their jobs were simply eliminated and all 20 let go with their four supervisors taking over the work. Uh, Your thoughts are certainly welcome here. If you've been uh, to Cuba, maybe you're from there, you've got family there. I would love to hear somebody who's kind of on the inside track as to what things are changing. What is it that we're not, what's the story that we're not getting from the AP and Reuters in this case? 1-800-259-9231, the Seikl CAI toll-free line. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. And bring up what you'd like. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website. FreeTalkLive.com is where you want to go for the various different features that we have. That allow you to get interactive in various different ways, like uh, the the main page of the site, actually, uh, all of the content that you see down that main column created by listeners just like you. Uh, maybe you were one of the, the people that put something there. You find something online that you think is interesting, maybe a news article or a video or something else, blog post perhaps. You submit it to the site uh, via the show prep submission form, and then it'll pop up as one of the many, many stories on the the site. And then uh, other listeners get to vote as to whether or not they like what you've suggested, and the most liked will make it to the front page. And the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see it and others are as well. Go to freetalklive.com to do that. And again, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to talk to SACL CAI. They do collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients too. SACL CAI, you can see their banner right at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com dot com we're talking about the situation in Cuba. they uh, according to Reuters, are having a little bit of trouble uh, laying off the five hundred thousand state workers that they've been attempting to cut, uh, according to reuters they uh, there's confusion about how to implement the cut the cuts, so the government has grown so large that it they 're not even sure how to cut it down to size it, it they're just they've never done this before, normally, normally, government just grows and grows and grows, and uh, certainly that's what we've seen here in the u s and then of course, when you actually do try to make a cut, the government workers tend to get very very upset about that as sure. we're seeing and they revolt, like, right as we're seeing in Wisconsin, for instance mm-hmm. um and so in that you can imagine that some of the so similar things are, are likely happening in Cuba. So things aren't quite moving along as they expected. They figured they'd have half a million jobs slashed by, I think, early this month. That hasn't happened, so the March deadline has been wiped away. Uh, they still intend, I guess, on, on moving forward with this, but really only a, a percentage, a small percentage of them have actually been axed at this point. However, the good news is, that the state is allowing people to be a little bit more entrepreneurial to start their own businesses uh to to it, it said here that they can actually somehow rent state land to do farming on, because it used to be that the state would tell everybody what to, to farm. Like If you were mm-hmm. going to be a farmer, the state uh, probably would decide that that would be what you would do, and they would tell you what to what to farm. And, Instead of based on market demand. Correct, or based on uh, you know, somebody believing that they knew what the market wanted, because that's usually mm-hmm. what has to happen first, is somebody has to be an entrepreneur and figure, well, I want to grow beets. And, because I have an unmet need for beets in my community, or right. my town, or my county or whatever. So they're going to start allowing that, which I think is that's a pretty exciting potential for Cuba. Now, they're not putting aside the communist moniker. That's not going away. They're still claiming themselves and touting themselves as a communist country. Um but it's a step in the right direction and sure. you know, those things should be applauded. And even I even saw something a little while back about how the u s is lightening up its restrictions on it 's one of the one of the few things that have been done correctly by the uh, Obama administration is that he 's making it easier for things like church groups and other not individuals necessarily but certain certain folks from the u s making it easier for them to go over to Cuba as well so any any lessening of restrictions on business dealings or travel with Cuba is also a good thing because then you can get more um, American folk there to influence Cubans with more, I don't know, entrepreneurial ideas. Absolutely. Think about all the,
1: the Cubans who escaped Cuba, came to America, became entrepreneurial, you know, got more in that mindset. If, if they really perceive Cuba as, as a place that's changed, they may want to go back there and start a business there because mm-hmm. there, there'll be more opportunity in Cuba than there would be where they live now.
0: Sure. there's that. That's a good point. And uh, they can take whatever money they earned here in the U.S., take that down to Cuba, maybe, and, and sure. have a lot and of money with which capital. to start a business. Yeah, and, and their money would go pretty far. And they would be helping their family and their you know their relatives. But if they do it half-heartedly,
1: if, if the government of Cuba does this half-heartedly, uh, people that have left there are going to say, nothing has changed. They're just trying to get our money. Right. You know, if you're going to do it, you've got to do it. You've got to commit to it. And that means you have to say, we're not communists anymore uh that communism didn't work for us look we're all poor we're all driving cars from the 50s still mm. and <laughs> which <laughs> if they are they're driving if they're driving at all yeah there's the only cars over there from what people tell me they've gone there is just these old cars from the 50s mm. wow because they can't import so, newer cars in there it's so bizarre it, it's but, a bizarre thing like that, going back in time havana was once a beautiful wonderful place to and a lot of people used to visit there mm. before uh castro took over
0: i've seen pictures it is not very pretty
1: no, no, it's all run down because there's been no investment. There's because capitalism was gone and and it was uh, centrally contr- controlled for so long, and you had a handful of people kind of skimming all the wealth off the top, and then of course uh, the economy became more and more unproductive because of communism. So the only way to do it is you really have to just say we're not communists, we're 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 a free market uh, country, and 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 convince people that you're truly serious about it, and then I think you'd get people you get foreign
0: investment in there, and that's what you need. But you've got to feel for these folks. I mean, on one hand, it's a, it's an incredible opportunity, likely, that, I mean, presuming that all the things we've read about this are accurate, that there are these new opportunities for people to create their own wealth and to go into business for themselves and not have to uh, work for the state. On one hand, that's a great opportunity. On the other hand, it's a shock to the system for a lot of folks who've been used to having their uh, job given to them by the state and used to being told when to show up to work and what to do and and just kind of plug into that little cog in the system role. Now these people are being set loose and it's a difficult it's got to be a very difficult task for them to try to find a new place in society to find a place in society where they choose as opposed to. Having the state choose for them, them, especially, I mean, it'd be one thing for young people. That'll probably be easier for them. You know, people that are just getting old enough to work, that's going to be different for them. But somebody that's worked, as it mentions here, uh, the bookkeepers at 20 restaurants in Santiago de Cuba were eliminated, their supervisors taking over their work. 40-year-old Maria Eugenia said, they declared me available January 4th and sent me home with a month's salary and then 70% for another month. It could have been worse. Yeah. Uh, they haven't offered me anything, and they haven't even called me or any of the others. I mean, it almost sounds like she's sitting around waiting for a phone call from somebody to, to say, okay, you can come back to work now. No, it's not, it doesn't sound like it's going to work that way for you.
1: Well, this country had a lot of its entrepreneurship stoked up by uh, immigrants who came in. Think about all the great inventors and business people who came from foreign countries and escaped, came here, and they, they stoked up the, the fires of entrepreneurship. Right. And and even, even people from Mexico in this country in recent years. So
0: That's true. Immigrants are likely, uh, just I think statistically, a higher likelihood of being an entrepreneur, of, of being somebody who will start a business than the average American who's born here.
1: Yeah, but even in a free market economy, there's still a percentage of people that just aren't really self-starters, that really would prefer to just have a job. That's and, true. And, so even in this country, you have people like that. Then you have other people who are hardcore entrepreneurs. So it's just a matter of getting enough uh, seed mentality in there you know money and and mm-hmm. and, and just an attitude and and set an example because these people just don't know where to start i could but, imagine how right. lost they must feel well
0: right i mean you're 40 years old you've spent your life likely in this job as a bookkeeper at a restaurant what else do you, you don't know what to do this is your world this is what you know and now you can't get your job back and the state's running the, all the restaurants so how do you deal with that It's got to be very difficult. Now, hopefully some of the entrepreneurs who are creating new opportunities will step up and start offering things for bookkeepers and things like that. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. Freedomcam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS Black Box Dash Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you find there for free, including news updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go To news.freetalklive.com, you can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever works best, or more than one if you'd like. It's all free. News.freetalklive.com Get you signed up. And LearnLiberty.org is a new site featuring libertarian talks and lectures on a variety of of topics, great way to explore new avenues within the libertarian perspective. You can brush up on political, economic, and philosophical terms like public choice and confirmation bias, and more videos are being added daily, like Nigel Ashford discussing the 10 fundamental principles of classical liberal thought in under 10 minutes. It's the lectures you wish they taught you in school, and you can go and get them over at liber excuse me, org. that's learnliberty.org. Uh, Wayne is with me here tonight. We are talking uh, about Cuba, and of course we'll take your phone calls about anything you want. They are implementing some big changes, or at least they're trying to implement some big changes, but the government, as usual, is fairly inefficient and... bureaucratic and slow and they're supposed to be cutting jobs. They're supposed to be cutting 500,000 jobs out of the state roles, and it's going a little slower than they'd originally planned. They're still moving forward and they're allowing people finally to become entrepreneurs in different ways that they haven't allowed in the past. And Wayne, you and I were uh, sampling another podcast during the break. What's it called? It's called The Expat Files by
1: Johnny Mueller, John John Mueller, Mueller, Mm -hmm. and he talks about different countries. He's lived in like 21 different Latin American countries, and there was one podcast on Cuba that uh, was interesting. I wanted to play a little clip uh, clip for you.
0: Yeah, well, what we heard was that uh, approximately a third of the population of Cuba works for the government. Right, presently. Trying to reduce that down. Right, and one of those uh, reforms, or one of the reforms that they're implementing here are allowing people to become more entrepreneurial in some ways, but they're limiting the amount of employees one can have to four. Yes, and I guess the reasoning behind that is to
1: uh, make it so they don't have to raise as much capital as if they had more employees. But that could that could have unintended consequences, too, because you could have foreign investors who might want to start a bigger company with
0: more employees that right. would have to probably – they'd probably make a deal with the government, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I don't know. That, maybe that's what they're trying to prevent. Maybe they're trying to prevent people from coming in from the outside and doing things.
1: Well, that's possible. But I think uh, the law is more geared towards Cuban
0: citizens who don't have a lot of capital to begin with. So we're talking about how this is a shock. I mean, this is a real shock to the system for a lot of people, that 500,000 jobs are being cut from the state workers. Uh, They're being turned loose, essentially. And these are people in many ways that don't know what else they can do. They've done one thing for their whole lives. And now, surprise, you don't do that anymore. So you get a month uh, severance pay or a month and a half severance pay and find yourself some new work. Well, they don't know what. They could possibly do. They've never been entrepreneurs. Uh, some of them who have, you know, kind of been behind the scenes, been doing black market activities, they likely don't have a problem transitioning into more oh, they're welcoming work. it. Those oh, people are
1: welcoming it. But again, they don't have a lot of capital. Right. And, and I think they're also trying to encourage tourism more, which would also bring money in and entrepreneurship as well, which is not a bad idea to get things started. But again, I think the problem is they need to commit more to capitalism. But, but authentic capitalism, not corporatism. Yeah, I, I
0: don't like using that term because it sounds, you know, capitalism has this kind of connotation of being cutthroat, uh, that, that it has this connotation of uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the robber barons. And that's not what you mean. Right. I, I mean a free market type system where you have even
1: competition between everyone and you treat everyone equally th- uh, through the law. But it won't be easy because they're, they're in their mind the government is is so used to centrally planning, they just want to centrally plan capitalism, which is not capitalism.
0: Grandma's uh, provincial vice president for economic affairs, Raul Lopez Rodriguez, insisted the reorganization would continue, but admitted only 10% of those laid off could be absorbed by a shrinking state sector. The remainder will have little choice but to return to the land or strike out on their own. He said that uh, you're going to see a reorganization of the labor force to improve efficiency and those who remain must be paid much more. He said the estimate that uh, he estimated that average monthly wages now approximately twenty dollars U.S. would need to double to motivate workers. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll certainly uh, keep you informed as we learn more about what's happening over in Cuba i think it's I think it's very interesting personally and would love to hear from someone uh perhaps who may know more than we do uh, more than the news agencies might people with family over there people who are much more familiar with the situation as to what's really going on uh kind of behind the scenes but regardless uh it's it's an exciting time i think for for folks over there, especially people that are looking to improve things so. yeah your thoughts are welcome
1: well you know a lot of people whether they live in that country and they want to start a business or if they're outside of that country they want to come in and start a business what you always look for is the political risk how likely is it going to be that i'm just going to build this thing up and the government's going to steal it from me right And, and that's what they have to uh
0: work to uh dispel if they can't do that it's going to be very difficult for them to get it off the ground at least getting people in from the outside to invest you mean well, even people
1: within the country who mm-hmm. who might think, well, I don't believe this guy. He just wants us to do all this so they, this, the government can take over our business and tax us to death once we've built this thing up. A
0: reasonable suspicion. Yeah. So one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one 259 9231 is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Sonny in South Dakota on the Lines. Hello, Sonny. Hello. Hey, Sonny, what's on your mind tonight?
2: I... I heard uh, last night's podcast, and Meg asked a question about the Zeitgeist Movement, basically. uh, What about people who don't want to be part of it? And like the last time I called in, I wanted to emphasize the fact that the uh, Venus Project ideas revolve entirely around non-coercion principle. So say if you wanted to be Amish or wanted to live out and do your own thing, if you're a primitivist, whatever, do whatever you want. Nobody's going to
3: force you. There'd be no government.
0: So to bring our listeners up to speed, you're talking about a series of films uh, called Zeitgeist. There are three of them, and they are available free for viewing online. The most recent one uh, kind of portrays a vision of what the filmmaker would like to see uh, as far as society of the future. Which, uh, from my understanding, I'd seen. I have seen the film. Uh, is essentially this kind of. Uh, I don't know. Communistic is probably the wrong term to uh, to use, but uh, he Stefan Molyneux calls it uh, Marxism with robots basically having a centralized computer decide what resources go where uh, based on who knows what uh, and then having cities uh, that are concentric circles designed with robots uh, making all the products and doing all the maintenance and the work and and things like that. It's it's quite a grand vision. Uh, It seems to be completely utopian in that it would require a tremendous amount of participation from people around the world and I think that's one of the many, many places as it breaks down. Um, and you're saying, of course, he doesn't address in the film how it will be that people will become involved in this. Uh, you are saying, Sonny, it is your claim that it is a completely voluntary movement, a uh, a movement without using coercion, which tells me that it's never going to, you know, I mean, it's you're never going to get everybody on board with this. And the uh, part of the vision is to have the the whole world working together for this project, isn't it?
2: Sort of. Um, in regards to the film, the films are, are a way to attract people to look into it. Um, the Zeitgeist Movement's only been around for uh, not even three years, I, if I remember correctly, and the Venus Project are the ideas um, that it's based upon.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, and that's been around since, what, the early 70s? Um, it's
2: it's based on the lifelong work of a person named Jacques, Jacques Fresco.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He's in Venus, Florida, and... He's been uh, analyzing the problems of the world and trying to promote ideas on how to, how to make the world a better place, to put it basically. And uh, the Zeitgeist Movement just kind of popped up, because the first film had nothing to do with Venus Project at all. And then after making the film, uh, people wanted to know an idea of what could be done mm-hmm. you know, about, about all these problems. So uh, that's when Venus Project was introduced at that right. point.
0: I'll tell you what, if you want to hang on, Sonny, we can bring you back here in a moment at 800-259-9231. That's the Sekel CAI toll-free line. There are also all kinds of other problems uh, with the film. He's got a lot of good ideas, too, but uh, some serious flaws. Uh, 800-259-9231, you can take control of the airwaves. One of them is that he believes that all products should be made to last forever, uh, which is really, I think, problematic. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from Maine to Hawaii. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation, thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can... Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features there for free. Unlike those other talk show hosts that charge you for their websites, we do it free. So you may find that there's more for free on our site than they'll charge you for on those other sites. Go to freetalklive.com, get interactive. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at Amazon via our special link. Go to shop.freetalklive.com and you'll find different Amazon links there for the US, the UK, Germany, and Canada as well. So click on the appropriate one for you and get your shopping done and feel good because you're supporting Freetalk Live at the same time as getting the stuff that you're looking for. So uh, and getting a great deal as well. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com as we go back to the phones and to Sonny in South Dakota on the amp lines, uh, So, Sonny, you're calling to explain the Zeitgeist uh, project, maybe correct some uh, things that may have been said last night as uh, it was a topic of discussion on the show at that time. It's a, a movement of people that are attempting to implement a vision that they have for the future. I think there's some fundamental flaws uh, within that particular vision, but I wanted to make sure you had a chance to get your thoughts out.
2: Uh, Well, my thoughts are that people should spend some time looking into it, not just watch the films and then make a knee-jerk reaction decision based on that. You don't have to agree with with everything that is proposed by the Venus Project.
0: How much Um, time should someone invest in this? I mean, the movie is uh, two and a half hours long. You're saying that's not enough, that it's not fleshed out well enough there?
2: The idea of the movie is... Well, every movie is unique in its own way, but it's to try to get people to to look into and have an interest in it,
3: mm-hmm. not to
2: teach you everything that you, that you would need to know. It's like if somebody listened to one episode of Free Talk Live and expect them to understand everything about the market. Sure, the sure. Or uh, or liberty.
0: That makes sense. But um, Free Talk Live know. isn't, uh, you know, we're we're not defining that every night here on this program. We're not making this kind of opus. Where uh, you can point to point people to to kind of come to an understanding. It's a open phones panel discussion where anything goes. So it wouldn't. It's not quite an exact comparison, but I understand where you're coming from. That said, uh, I did watch the film and I saw that there were some real serious problems with the guy's viewpoint on things like you know he wants to make it so all products are manufactured with the you know the highest possible quality so that they'll last forever because he believes the world is being filled up by a bunch of consumerist junk and that uh, we've got landfills everywhere and that that's going to take over the earth or whatever that's certainly the message that is is portrayed in the film and there's i don't have my notes in front of me at the moment but i had a whole bunch of objections uh, that I came up with that basically made me not very interested in learning more about this particular project because I'd, I'm not interested in having a computer decide what products are manufactured where and what where the uh, the materials come from and to where they should be distributed. Uh, that I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea of centralization. But if like you say, if people want to do it on a voluntary basis, that's fine. And I'm glad to know that that's what you believe the project is about. Uh, but you're They're the only...
2: Entirely- what the project is about, it's the idea that people can get together and, uh, and work as a team and, and create the highest prosperity and the greatest amount of peace and the freest possible society. It may not be the same I, uh, method that those in the liberty movement generally advocate, but who says there's only one way to freedom?
0: Oh, I wouldn't say there's only one way, and that's one of my problems with the Zeitgeist project is that it is the way he sees for the entire world. I mean, it's not it's not like a free state project where people are focusing on one small area that they want to set free and then allow whatever uh, flowers to bloom there that that may. I mean, including some sort of vision like what he's talking about, maybe on a smaller scale, that can happen in a free marketplace. But uh, he's, you know, what I saw in that film was a vision for the entire world to be involved and have this you know basically central computer decide things for people uh that you know seems to be i mean i understand that he's got a grand vision but i think that's an impossible to achieve vision it's it's so utopian uh, people are so disparate and different and they have different values and beliefs all around the world uh you, you know you're getting resistance from people right here on this program you're going to get a lot more from uh, from a lot of other folks so the idea that the whole I world will start. ever be in on this plan together is i think pretty absurd
3: well,
2: in fact, I expect more resistance from from this crowd than probably any other, because there is a very firm identity placed within the market system as the way to uh, to achieve. Freedom. Well, the market is but, no
0: system; it's not a system. That's the difference. The, uh, the what he's proposing is a very defined system, system, system where a computer controls all decisions about allocation of resources. And who
1: programs the computer?
0: That was my question, and uh, Sonny never had a good answer for it. Right.
1: Because because if it's centrally controlled by a computer, the computer is not going to be objective. The computer is going to have algorithms in it to to favor some groups over others. That's what that's what central planning does. Uh, even, if first, central, even if it isn't at sorry. first, even if it isn't at first, eventually will lead to that.
2: Right. The well, the idea of the central database is to know what there is, rather than to decide who gets what or what goes where. It's a way to to calculate more effectively um, what's possible. And then people can make decisions as to what they want. And if it's possible, then they, they'd probably be able to... But there's to no it. money, right? It's not every single little detail can be uh, can be put forth at this point. The there's a, there's a big detail
0: that, that we haven't even ad- tr- touched on yet. You're talking about how you believe the computer will only be having information about what is where. That's not what I saw in that film. I saw the computer making decisions based on some arbitrary input as to where things should go. Because remember, there's no money in the zeitgeist world. He spends a lot of time attacking, correctly attacking, the central bank system. No doubt there are problems with with that system. Uh, the Federal reserve system that needs to go away but his solution is to have no money whatsoever and so therefore if what you're saying is true and that the computer only tracks where things are then who decides and how uh where things are coming from and where to where they go
2: a lot of these details are outlined in a it's called the uh, Orientation Presentation, mm-hmm. and also on the venusproject.com, a lot of that is detailed. Obviously, there's not enough time on the radio show for me to go into every single detail. Not that I'm the one who knows everything about it, but sure. I've certainly paid a lot of attention for a long time. I I started my interest in this because I have I share that ideal of liberty and freedom, um, and I, I came from the Ron Paul movement. I came through... The free state project ideas in your show, and it doesn't matter how we get there. I just want to see the world peaceful, prosperous, and free. And I'm not against the free market. I just don't think it is as optimal as the ideas that are presented in the Venus project. Okay, so and so you're saying that also does not say that the market system is evil, it says that it's outdated. And the same thing for money. It's it's not a bad thing. It's been very useful for a very long time, but we're at a point right now where technically, if you think about it, we have technically the possibility that we could uh, create the type of world that they describe. But in order to have that, the first thing that's needed is a value system change. It's the way we think about the world and our relationship with one another. Well, that's
0: one of the nice things about money is it allows us to place values on things by, by virtue of what is being sold and but, what is being paid for. Right,
1: when we have real money. But when you, ha- when you have fiat money, what happens is, is people start to worship the money rather than what's important in life because it becomes a big casino. And that's what we've had here. And I don't, I don't really believe we've had a market system. What we've had is we've had uh, all these different interests that have tried to muscle their way in between us to steal most of the money. And, and really what's happened, I think, m- in my view, is that uh, whenever uh, throughout history when societies get too complex, they eventually collapse. They become unsustainable. And so I- when you say that things are outdated – then yes, they are outdated in the sense that our society has become too complex. And by simplifying again, that's when we get back to uh, becoming successful, peaceful, and prosperous again.
0: And of course, the filmmaker is under the mistaken impression that this is a free market, and he actually spends time in the film attacking the idea of the free market as though that is what we have today. So there are some really, really false premises. I've I've
2: pointed that out to, to Peter Joseph, that it's not just the free market, it's the market system, it just happens to be that the, the paradigm of thought that he's come from is, like like you see in a lot of mainstream, people call it the free market. But yeah. but it's true. This is not a real free market.
0: So we his initial premise that. is actually wrong. Right. Because because so he's, because he's coming from flawed premises, I think about- that some of his conclusions are really whacked out as a result like of that. Like Michael Moore. Yep.
3: No,
2: it's to say that the market system – see, it's not that the market system couldn't possibly work, but how long could it work for? In a monetary system, how long will it take when your free market exists before some group of people gain control through money? It doesn't have to be just government but just the use of money. In fact, the use of money can be what can create something that is similar enough to a government to
0: suppress hmm. people. I don't know if I them. agree with that. It would seem that the uh, active uh, part about government that makes it different from a bank is the violence. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 in that the, vi- the government can force its currency on people through the threat of violence. If you're just running a bank or creating alternative cur- or your own currency, you've got to have the best damn currency in the marketplace because you're competing with other currencies. So there'd be no way for you to get a, a monopoly.
1: And, and what's stopping the people, the, these same bad people from getting control of the computers? There's more
0: coming up here. Hour two's next. You take control. Free talk.
4: It's the shirt you wear most. And essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt. And for over half a century... The Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford Dress Shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more, but we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional straight collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and and all sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today, and you'll also receive free monogramming, and $8.50 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford Dress Shirt for just $19.95. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK. <laughs>
0: is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI 800 259 Ninety-two thirty-one. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features for free. If you enjoy this program, you'll find that there's a lot of stuff there over at freetalklive.com that you can get interactive with. So go on over and do that whenever you get a chance, freetalklive.com. Our number again, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 News uh, about Guantanamo Bay here in a moment. But first, Chanel is on the line in California with Ian Wayne. Hello, Chanel. How are you? Hello, you're on the air. Go ahead with your thoughts.
5: Okay, um... I've been um, listening to uh, your radio station, and I also have been listening to Alex Jones' radio station. And uh, are you familiar with Alex Jones?
0: I am familiar with him. We've had him on our show once, and he's had us on his show once. He uh, is an interesting character.
5: Okay. Well, I call. I'm I'm here in San Diego right now, and I also go by the name of Ladon. And I call the church that I go to, and it's the Rock Church. And I wanted to speak to a pastor about what is going on so I can get out to everyone what's going on. And hmm. it was like they didn't want to help me. Like, they didn't want to, like, I wanted to tell, I wanted to let everyone know about the concentration camps, uh, the spies for the, what the government is doing, the little out that they're putting in the water and everything like that. Hmm. And they're just like... Yeah, I don't do know
0: me? if I would want you to uh, just talk about that stuff at my organization either, because it sounds pretty crazy. Well, how long have you been studying these things?
5: Well, I've been listening to the Alex Jones Show for a while. Mm -hmm. But if these are real issues, in which they are, I think it's important that everyone should, that people at the church should know what's going on so they can prepare for things.
0: Well, you're presuming that they're real because you heard them on the Alex Jones show?
5: Yeah, and I've uh, looked up bills and stuff.
0: You've looked up bills and stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, some of the things, I mean, Alex, uh, he documents what he's saying really, really well. Uh, the problem is that there's so many things, uh, nefarious things going on, and some, some are theories and some are true, but what are you going to do about it? I mean, yeah, you want to warn your friends, but the problem is is if you just uh, blather all this stuff out, because you're, you're, you're still in fear about it. You have to get past fear and, and keep doing your own investigation because
0: um, you're going to freak people out you have to you have to boil a frog in the water slowly that 's a gr- that 's a great point wayne and and what I hear from her just like already is the kind of the the puking mentality that she feels like she 's learned so much about what 's really going on that she wants to just you know puke it all over all of it at once all over everybody to you know alert them to all of these terrible things. Uh, that are going on. And I agree with you, Wayne, That's it's, you know, it's too much of a scattershot. It's, it's going to be too confusing. And you already sound confusing uh, here on the air just trying to explain yourself. So- yeah,
1: I sense some frank, frank um, franticness on your part because you're, you're discovering that, that uh, the government isn't God, that they're not out for your best interest, because that's what, really what a conspiracy-type program does, is it jars people out of their, their stupor uh, of worship of the government. And, and once you get past all that, then, of course, you have to go and start to think about what you can really do. And, and I, you seem to be doing that in, in talking to people about it, but you have to be careful uh, what you talk about initially with people. You know, if you're going to get to that, those things and you really think they're true and you have real evidence that you think is real that you want to show people, you can't just throw a bunch of stuff on their desk. You know, you got to maybe direct them to one little thing at a time and and it. And, and, uh, Go take it gradually with them because there's a
0: lot of stuff that, if it's true, it's pretty scary. It is. So what would the one thing be? Like, of all of the things that you believe are happening, and again, I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying, but uh, what uh, what would the, the – like, if you could only focus on one thing, what would it be?
5: Well, the dollar, the valuing.
0: That's a pretty is good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one, because and, it's uh,
5: grocery stores, uh, the food in the grocery stores that it's going to be going up and people losing their jobs and how everything is going to be crashing.
0: Yeah, the dollar devaluation is a good one because uh, first of all, first of all, I agree with it. Uh, but secondly, But well, there's a lot of concrete evidence. Right, too. it's real. You don't, you're not speculating. I mean, you mentioned earlier the uh, you know the idea of their concentration camps, and I'm not saying that there aren't. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, that maybe there are, maybe there aren't. But that's one of those things that, like, at a lot of the things in the conspiracy world, where it's just something that someone's put out there with a very small amount of uh, you know real life evidence with to which they can point whereas the dollar is well there's no doubt that it's a fiat currency meaning that it's it's printed out of thin air essentially by the government and it's forced on people through legal tender laws it force people to accept the dollar for all debts public and private uh and we can you know go back in the history with the federal reserve and see why it was founded and who founded it and why they did what they did it's and, also the system by which a lot of the other corruption is built on and run with yeah so i think i think that one's a pretty good one i think a lot of the other uh conspiracy stuff out there because there's it's not really yes the dollar was a conspiracy but there's evidence for it mm-hmm. solid evidence for it whereas a lot of the rest of this stuff is built on speculation and it is a uh, really so the secondhand knowledge you right know. it's or hearsay it's really mm-hmm. a dangerous road i think most of the conspiracy theories out there in this kind of this goes back to a point I've made several times about the conspiracy movement is it's this dangerous movement because there is this rabbit hole of just continually more crazy ideas that are presented and maybe they're not all presented on the alex jones show but you know you may hear somebody that he has on as a guest and then go investigate what that person says on their website and that'll link you to even more lunacy and uh before you know it you are believing that it were you know that it was space aliens that zapped a death ray at the pentagon on 9-11 and you know that there are lizard people uh, walking around uh do you believe in the lizard people
5: I've never heard of the lizard. Okay, people. good.
0: You haven't gone that far down the uh, the rabbit hole yet, and so this is what I'm telling you. you
5: are saying that I'm a little crazy. No, that no, I'm not saying
0: crazy. that. I'm not saying you're a little crazy. I'm saying that's how you're going to come off. You may, you know, fully believe that you've been presented with persuasive evidence in in these uh, in these arenas, but. What I'm telling you is that if you get up in front of a group of people and you start going down this road with them, uh you're going to be seen as crazy. Whether uh, whether you're right or wrong is another is another question and when you're presenting new ideas to people, you've got to be careful about how you go about doing that. Um so yeah, the dollar that's a good one. A lot of the rest of them that are built on speculation about what could happen that's kind of one of the questionable things. That's why I like to focus on reality and what is actually going on, things that are undeniable, things that uh, are very real. You know, you can look at the TSA, the things that they're doing. Well, we know what they're doing. We, we know that that, 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 it, it's in, yeah, that it's inconveniencing people and that people are frustrated by that. You want to play off things that people can observe in their own lives, ideally, or point to things that, uh, that you can show folks – crystal clear without a doubt that terrible things are happening that the government is is a part of it and that the government is fostering and protecting the people that are doing horrible things to other human beings we don't have to go into the realm of speculation yeah. to show that the government is you know essentially doing evil because when you go
1: too too far down the rabbit hole what happens is th- there there is some information that's real but there's also a lot of counterintelligence that happens to steer you in the in the direction so that you'll be labeled as crazy you see, so you don't know sometimes whether it's, it's counterintelligence or, or fake information that's getting in there to, to take you off, a tr- off track or if it's real or not. Now, I've had a lot of people I've known over the years in the military-industrial complex, so I've gotten information from them, various things, over a few beers. Sometimes it would just come out. People sometimes feel comfortable talking with me. But I never, to- I never believed it until I had other confirmation independently. Uh, So some of the things they say, I think, are probably true, but again, you don't know. So it's it's really uh, you don't
0: go around spreading. Yeah, you don't go around spreading what
1: I've heard until I really I'm pretty sure. And so uh, you know they do have stories I've seen on the internet. It'll have the 25 conspiracy theories that turned out to be true. Well, a lot of them are true. It's true, but a lot of them aren't also. So
0: just be careful. Okay. Anything else on your mind tonight, Chanel? Well,
5: basically, what you guys are telling me is just I'm gonna. Be telling people stuff, just give them a little bit of information at a a time because I guess.
1: Or if you have a good book that you like, you know, that can help too. Like for example, the the book by G. Edward Griffin, the, the creature from Jekyll Island. That's a really good book about a the primer about the Federal Reserve because that's really the, the, the one of the key. That's one of the hub. That's a hub in the wheel of corruption in, the, in this country in plus, this world.
0: Plus, another problem with the conspiracy movement. Uh, and Chanel, thanks for the call and stay tuned because we're going to talk a little bit more about this here in a moment uh, at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Another problem is it's not really based on any principle. It's just. Well, here's the truth about this, and here's the truth about that, or what they believe the truth is. It's not. There's nothing you can really drill down to and base any future uh, beliefs off of. We'll except, talk about more about except too much moment. power leads to.
4: This your family today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at Tollhouse.com. You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
0: is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800- 259-9231 you can join us on our website freetalklive.com we give you the features there free so head over there and enjoy those on us again freetalklive.com and the features there include listening options broadband version of the show we got a dial-up version for those of you with slower internet connections you can use that if you would like they're both free and they are available around the clock the latest episode of free talk live is streaming at all times uh, plus that. Those aren't the only ways you can listen. Obviously, we've got 94 radio stations on the AM and FM band across the country. Uh, The satellite channel that is free to air, meaning you can listen to it without any kind of subscription fee. Webcam and our listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in and get tuned in for free. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Ruger has some exciting new offerings for this model year. One of them is the LC9. It's a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact, has numerous safety features, three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own, made in America and made for you at Ruger.com. That's Ruger.com. And made Uh, in New Hampshire, too. That's what I heard. That's pretty cool. Uh, So 800-259-9231. We're going to continue here on just briefly at least a few more thoughts for Chanel, who called in to say she's been listening to uh, another talk show host that focuses on a lot of uh, conspiracy talk and that she's, you know, learned the truth about this and that. And she wants to spread the word and has approached her church about it. And it has been. Well, received a cold reception, Uh, people not so interested in hearing about these things. And I think that this kind of touches on one of the many ways why the conspiracy movement is so dangerous. I don't know what's worse, Wayne, uh, joining Amway or falling into the conspiracy rabbit hole, because both of them will result in people basically sacrificing their relationships on the altar of whatever this new belief system is. Have you ever been involved in uh, network marketing? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I made that mistake uh, too when I was uh yeah, young, I guess an older teenager, and you know, I proceeded to uh I don't know if torching the bridges is quite the right term, but make people really uncomfortable with uh with me. Friends and relatives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and similarly the uh you know, the the conspiracy movement does the same things. And I'm not saying that the liberty movement isn't going to be that much different uh because the lot, you know, the liberty movement is also a pretty radical concept. But at least the the ideas of liberty are based on principle. The concept here that we promote frequently on this program is that people should be able to live however they want so long as they don't aggress against other peaceful human beings. And that's, that's the principle from which... The other viewpoints that we have on whatever issue we might be looking at uh, is derived. Those mm-hmm. viewpoints are derived from that principle. The conspiracy movement doesn't have a principle. It doesn't. Uh,
1: well, the only thing that, that, that I say the only underlying principle is that government's evil.
0: Yeah, but that, that's not or necessarily doing bad a principle. things to
1: people. Uh, well, you are right because or, or a, or a lot of them the believe prin- it
0: can be reformed.
1: Well, true, true, right. but with the idea that that when government gets too big, then people get hurt, bad things happen to people, which I agree with that. And it does jar some people out of, like I said, they're super over the government being uh, mommy and daddy, uh, showing how they're hurting people. But then you have to get beyond that. You have to get beyond the fear and the, the hate and all that stuff. And, that's and another that's, great point. You know, Because th- there are some true things there. there. There really are. But you can't get too deep into that stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's all true. Great. What are we going to do about it? What can we constructively do as individuals to, to change society? Because ultimately, ideas are more powerful than armies or governments.
0: I'm glad you touched on the fear aspect as well because there's a lot of that that is spread throughout the conspiracy movement and it's it's the nature of... It's paralyzing. Right, it's the nature of the, the stories they tell. The stories they tell... Basically, the overarching narrative is that there's a group of, uh, you know, evil, powerful men and women out there calling themselves the Bilderbergers or the Illuminati or the, you know, the Masons or whatever, you fill in the blank, uh, that they're controlling everything and that the bankers control everything and that uh, they the, the government people are just puppets and and that they are, you know, they're in control and there's nothing you can do about it but spread our, you know, buy our videos so we can, right, you know, make right. money. And some, and some of that,
1: <clears throat> some of that is well documented and true, however, it's- it's not like they control everything. They're trying to. I mean, those people do have agendas to to control everything. However, it's, they're not going to be able to do it because they, they have to get our participation, our cooperation. And so, if people don't cooperate with their plans, uh, they fall on their face, and they're they're facing that increasingly.
0: But the other part, the the rest of that story is they're in charge of everything, and so there's this police state that they're building. The you know the prison planet, uh, so called. And that uh, that that's scary, and it's the stories that are told are about poisoning water, and you know, poisoning the air, and poisoning this, and poisoning that, and uh, you know, all the the police state stuff that's happening, and, and the police state stuff is happening. There's and no. And the poisonings happened, too. There's evidence for that. I don't think a lot of it, A lot of the things they're claiming are happening. Well, are. for
1: example, even during pro- alcohol prohibition, the government was caught actually poisoning some of the moonshine. That's and true. People
0: were dying from it. Over true twenty thousand people died. Well, it's one thing when you can point to something that's real and show history. It's another thing when you're speculating about things that are happening now. So that's another thing that they do is there's a lot of speculation and it gets people into this, as you said, paralyzed mindset where they don't believe that anything is possible or they believe that maybe they could just elect the right person, that everything's going to change about government, which of course won't change government. The fundamental premise behind government is flawed and that is that it is wrong morally and that is that it's okay to use the threat of coercion in order to, to, uh, solve to get problems people, to solve yeah. problems to get people to behave in certain ways um, so it is crippling and that fear really results in non-action from a lot of people And it's addictive
1: the, the the high that you get from fear mm. is is addictive in a way you know people uh, are can be terrified but they just keep going back to it because it's it's so it's so uh, riveting
0: Right, the truth. Whatever they believe the truth yeah. is, they want to know more. And it's just a, a spiraling, dangerous world where you'll, you will alienate friends and family members. and Especially you will, if you become a fire hose about it. Right, if you're puking it all over. And that's true about the liberty movement, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have been alienated from their friends and their family members, but at least that's based on a concept. It's based on the principle. So if you're explaining to folks the ideas of liberty and what non-aggression is, and they, just, they don't agree... And they want to use aggression, and they think it's okay to put you in a jail cell for having a plant in your pocket. Fine. That's okay. Maybe you don't want to be associating with that person anyway. Maybe you should get around to people that agree with you on these fundamental principles. And that's why the Free State Project exists, to bring people who are of a like mindset together to the same place to, uh, to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Let's go to the phones, get your thoughts. You can bring up anything you want, too. It's Mike listening to Indianapolis' WXNT. Hello, Mike. Mike in Indy, listening to yeah. W. Hey, hey there Mike. you are. Go ahead, sir.
6: Um, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, I got instances of police state being built around me locally. I tell people about. It. They think I'm crazy, and oh, it's a government. What are you going to do is you can not be afraid of them and tell these people to kiss my behind. And um, I got a website. I don't know if it'd be cool to boast of it on the air. What is it? But it's stopordinancesprawl.org. What is that? It's a. It's my site where you can. If, if people are being hassled by these bunch of suits and pinhead bureaucrats you can uh, post of your instances and experiences on there and, and I stop ordinance what stop ordinance sprawl
0: stop ordinance sprawl.org so you're trying to stop government regulations
6: well the the, the, the zoning and the, the health and hospital corporation they snoop around on people's property unannounced and they uh take pictures of things and if you if you want to tell us
0: if you want to tell a story you're certainly welcome to do so Uh, you can hang on here in a moment so bring back mike and take your thoughts as well at 800-259-9231 and then you can uh, take control of the airwaves bring up anything you want this is free talk live Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And you can, of course, uh, enjoy the various features there, like our Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or uh, video showing that they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Dot com, And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to be part of the Shrine there at shrine.freetalklive.com. An intern for liberty. You can make a difference, get experience, and you can get paid. Wait a minute. You're not supposed to get paid on an internship. What are these people thinking? The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduate, graduate and recent studies, uh, recent graduates, rather, for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all types of journalism and in public policy as well. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance. I can tell you, Wayne, I did not get paid when I was an intern at the radio station. You're not supposed to get paid, but these people are paying their interns. So you get money, you get housing assistance, a place to stay, uh, career workshops, and even training throughout the summer. Plus, you get to network with other cool, liberty-minded people of your age. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Uh, visit LibertarianInternships.com for more information to get signed up, to receive updates and reminders and such. All of that is free. That's LibertarianInternships.com from the Institute for Humane Studies. Now, we've got uh, Mike on the line listening to WXNT. Uh, Mike, you're pretty upset about what you call ordinance sprawl. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that?
6: Yeah, the um, for safety, of course, they're uh, going around. And recently here in Marion County, we got property taxes back, pinned back. And so they're probably they they want to recoup that loss. I tell people on radio shows locally here that it's not a loss of funds. It's a keeping in check of oppression, and government needs to realize that that's not their money. But um, there, there's a guy remodeling his house, and my friend had a truck, and help him haul away the debris. The you know, One of the inspectors was there and said, uh, you don't have a permit. You have to unload your truck. And I told him, well, I wish I'd have been there, but it's probably just as well that I wasn't because I'd end up in jail or something for telling that guy where he could stick it. Mm. Wow. But, yeah, this is out of control. Um, the police state's being built, uh, and there are symptoms of it at a local level. It's it's the uh, local ordinances. They're they're stricting them up, and uh, we got, now's the time to pay attention. What, what would you propose?
0: Talks- I mean, uh, what I agree with you. I think that there are all kinds of control freaks out there, and they are very interested in telling you how to live and how you can build your we house a, and all kinds civil of civil like
6: disobedience. That. And we got to get mm-hmm. well. By myself, I can't do anything. I'll just be one lone prankster. But right. if I get fifty or eighty or a hundred people um, behind me and I speak on their behalf at city-county council, uh, among other places, then they'll have to listen. Constitution says when the uh, government is uh, beyond its means, when it's, it's our job to stifle it. It's our job to abolish it or reconstruct it.
1: Well, what are you doing to find like-minded people there?
6: Um, struggling and not getting very far so far. Most everybody's <laughs> intimidated.
0: Aren't they, though? That's one of the biggest problems out there, because you're absolutely right. Civil disobedience is an incredibly powerful tool and it's also something that people are scared to death of uh, of doing because they don't want to be the person to stick their head above the water but you're right if people are doing it in groups then it makes it all the more powerful, as we've seen here in New Hampshire, where the 420 celebrations, I think, are a perfect proof of concept. Remember, you
6: guys were telling me about that. that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, we were talking about it actually. I think last night on the show, uh, where you know a hundred people gathered together in the central square in, in Keene, New Hampshire, and were uh, you know they were engaging in the smoking of uh, open smoking of cannabis. The cops tried to crack down and arrest what they the person they perceived to be as the leader, and then about half of that hundred folks, about fifty people, marched down to the police station and proceeded to sit in a huge circle outside like on the road that like, kind of went around to the back of the them. police station and uh, passed a few joints around just sitting back there behind the police station. And The next day, the cops showed up at the protest again and arrested somebody else. Same thing happened. People went to the police station, except this time instead of doing it outside the police station, they went into the police <laughs> lobby and proceeded to uh, smoke cannabis in the police lobby. Which, That's pretty course, bold. Yeah, which never would have happened had the police not uh, arrested the people in the first place. Folks would just had a nice day, a nice afternoon in the park, and everyone would have gone home. Uh, That's but because- what we need
6: because we we stand up to these people, like you were saying. If nobody plays along with them, their their plans go to pieces.
0: Well, that's why we're trying to bring as many people together here uh, to New Hampshire that believe in the ideas of liberty as possible. People that understand that in order to be free, you have to allow others to also be free. I was on uh, the phone right. with one of my program directors this afternoon because I don't just host the show. I also uh, do the affiliate relations role, which means I call radio stations during, during the daytime.
6: Yeah, and- I was watching the webcam, and after the show went off the air, uh, you, you stayed in there, it looked like.
0: Yeah, well, I, I live here, <laughs> so yeah. that's part of it, but um, but yeah, Takes so I was talking to this one program director, and he was like, oh yeah, I agree with you guys on a lot of things, and they're talking about maybe taking our show from weekends and expanding it out to weeknights, and, and oh yeah, I agree with you guys on a lot of things, but not the marijuana thing, not the marijuana thing. And then yeah, he goes, I stopped
6: smoking weed a couple of years ago. Well, that's okay. Was, it was kind of making me a scatterbrain. I yeah. like it. And yeah. Stuff an LSD, too, but it was just, I just couldn't yeah, say lo- what I had for breakfast yesterday.
0: As long as you're not stopping everybody everybody from doing it, so it's your personal choice. I don't care. But uh, you,
6: If they legalize it, I might try it again, but in the meantime, if I have to get a clock punch job, I'll need to be able to not uh, look like a, look like I'm uh, indulging in various things. I got
0: you. My, you know, my point was going to be, though, that after saying that he thought marijuana should stay illegal, he went on to to talk about how he th- he, he agreed with my, one of my promos. We have these 60-second promos that we deliver to the radio stations. Uh, he agreed with one of my promos about the free market, and I said, well, you know, John... You can't have a free market unless you can buy weed, and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, you're kind of right about that." This is true. Yeah, I used to
6: really rail against the flag burners. I'm still not crazy about the idea, but that does come under the First Amendment. And I'm, I'm glad a, you
0: can admit that. That's a tough thing for for people to to do. I struggled with
6: that for quite a while. Well,
0: you know, the, the flag is one of those uh, one of those sacred things in Americans' minds. I mean, they've grown it's a up symbol of the state. That's right. They've grown up worshiping it, and I think that's kind of freaky. Uh, and I, you know, I, I stood up for the pledge. Yeah, it's just possible like to go overboard. Well, it is a symbol. It is a symbol of the state, and some people would even point out that uh, it is worshipped with a religious fervor and, and that people, you know, uh, they, they attach things to the flag in their mind that shouldn't necessarily be there. And yeah, they need
6: not to get a stigma about it in case, because if we become too much of a police state, then that's going to lose its meaning.
0: Hey, uh, the, it already has. Well, the, yeah, the flag doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, it's yeah. uh, the flag is a symbol of the uh, federal government, essentially, and I have no love for the federal government. I or, haven't either. Or the idea of centralization. And then you combine the flag with the indoctrination poem of uh, the, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, which was written by a socialist in the late 1800s. Uh, you combine that, uh, those two things together, and you get a major uh, state, pro-state indoctrination that is going on on this, you know, in this country's classrooms, on a that's daily basis, creepy. and that's pretty spooky.
6: I hadn't studied all that history on it.
0: Here's what I would suggest you do: uh, go and look up the uh, the Bellamy Salute, B E L L A M Y, Bellamy Salute, and then that'll really open your eyes about the nature of the uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. And I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you to explain. Uh, Bellamy is the last name of Francis Bellamy, and Francis Bellamy was the man who wrote the Pledge of Allegiance. And he was a self-described, I believe, Christian socialist is how he described himself, Uh, likely to make socialism sound a little more palatable. He put the word Christian in front of it. And, uh, yeah, essentially, was it his brother or cousin or something that was a flag salesperson? I think so. Yeah. I I vaguely recall. So kind of a little irony that the socialist wanted to help his brother sell some flags or his relative sell some flags. So he came up with this uh, patriotic saying to go along with it which is basically nothing more than pro-state indoctrination just a crummy commercial for the state yeah one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line uh, you can take control of the airwaves and if you are frustrated like uh, that last caller mike there in indianapolis if you're frustrated with the fact that people are just they're not willing to do anything they might agree with you that there are problems and that the government is a big problem and that things need to change, but they're not willing to actually put any skin in the game. They're not willing to take a little bit of risk, uh, then it's time to start looking at other options. And, and like I said, if you believe in the ideas of freedom, then the Free State Project is a real option. In fact, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up this summer, June 20th through the 26th. If you love the ideas of liberty, you should be there. We're going to be there. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. You'll have everything available to you from family fun to agorism and action, and you can go to porkfest.com to get registered. Use our discount code, which is Free Talk Live. No spaces in that to save 20% at P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. More Free Talk Live coming up. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those. On us, uh, again, freetalklive.com, you would like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com to get stuff like business cards or flyers or web banners, graphics that you can use to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world uh, to expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Because that's pretty important. So go to promote.freetalklive.com to do it. And by the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by HostGator. You notice those archives up on our website? In fact, they go back for years, and they're completely free. Well, HostGator brings them to you. They are a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .dot .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. That's our special web portal that we've created to get you your first month completely free at hostgator so enter through hostgator.freetalklive.com to do that you'll get unlimited disk space unlimited bandwidth 99.9 percent uptime guarantee and more hostgator.freetalklive.com the toll-free number again here 800-259-9231 let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want steve is listening in illinois steve you're on free talk live with the in and wayne
7: um hey and wayne
0: hey steve what's on your mind tonight sir
7: um, not much. Um, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, you guys are pretty much. I listen to you guys when I study for exams at college. But anyway, I, uh, how the hell can you call... do that?
0: I'm sorry. I mean, it, <laughs> I just I never studied when I was in high school, uh, so I don't You're know. You're so anything. smart. You didn't need to study, right? No, I don't know about that, Wayne. Uh, <laughs> I think I was just lazy, and I just didn't want to do it. Um, but uh, I, I I couldn't really even focus on studying, let alone listening to something while I studied. You must be incredibly uh, good at multitasking.
7: Uh well uh when you're you know an accounting major you kind of have to study all the time so Gotcha. But uh anyway, I just wanted to call you guys and let you know that uh um about a week ago I was at a party and uh what happened is the uh, police came for a noise noise disturbance asked the uh, party to clear out and as I was walking out um the police asked for my ID um you know to, to see if I was underage drinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what happened was is I questioned them on whether or not I had an obligation to present them with a form of identification since I wasn't operating a motorized vehicle. They didn't answer my question. They grabbed me aside, started searching me. I said I don't consent to any searches. They uh, then brought me downstairs, searched me again. I you know, repeated that again. And uh, they pretty much said that, uh, you know, I don't care what you consent to. Um, come with us. I asked them, oh, you know, am I being detained or am I free to go? And they actually, one of the, the officers, which I did not get his badge number, but one of the officers actually said, if you don't come with me, I will beat you down and throw you in the car.
0: Wow. Well, so, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all about.
7: <laughs> yeah. And wow. uh, and then they put me under arrest. And uh, then once I was under arrest, they were, they were being even more rude to me before they were calling me, no, very derogatory names, trying to get me to admit guilt. And all I said was, I'm under no obligation to answer any of your questions. And they, the more I said that, the more angry they got towards me.
1: Mm-hmm. So, well, isn't it true, though, if you ask to speak to, uh, to your attorney right away, they can't ask any questions after that?
7: Well, actually, I stated that. I said, I'd like my right to legal counsel. And they kept on asking me questions. And I said, I'd like my right to legal counsel. About a half hour later, they uh, right before they booked me, they asked me, you know, uh, any more questions, and I and I said, um, well, one, I like my right right to legal counsel, and two, why have I not been read my, you know, I'm not, I agree with you guys, I don't believe just because it's on a piece of paper, you know, it's you have that right, but uh, you know, I I asked uh, why have I not been read my Miranda rights, and they said because we haven't been asking you questions, and I said you guys have been asking me questions all night long, yeah, i um, like now. I'm not going to answer any of your questions until I get my right to legal counsel. And at that point, uh, my friends came and bailed me out. So,
0: Wow. Yeah, I don't know about that, Wayne. Yep. Uh, that sounds like a rumor to me, That the idea that they'll have to stop asking you questions. I think they well, can ask you whatever they, the hell they want. Yeah, but
1: even if they did, I, th- I do believe they can dispute it, or your lawyer can dispute it, because you asked to speak to your attorney, and the, and the police officers kept trying to question you anyway when you wanted to make sure that your attorney was present questioning because you have that right that's one of the that's part of the miranda uh rights is that you have the right to have your attorney present during questioning
0: yeah and they are supposed uh, to read their miranda rights before they ask you engage in an interrogation that that much they are supposed to do but how often that actually happens is another question so did they hurt you at any point at all
7: Um, no, I mean, the cuffs were kind of hard on, you know, this is like the first time I've ever been in trouble. And, you know, I'm not, you know, wouldn't consider myself, you know, you know, going against the system. But at that point, you know, I decided that, you know, I usually mind my own business. And then once they started, you know, pretty much interfering with my daily activities, that's when I figured, you know, I was going to go through that path. But, you know, after talking with my attorney, he said that here in Illinois, it's as easy as all they have to say is, oh, well, I smelled alcohol on him. And then the judge will find you guilty.
0: What was the charge uh, that you were arrested under?
7: Um, underage consumption of alcohol by a minor. And the funny thing is, is that was about a week and a half ago, and I turned 21 this Sunday.
0: Oh, boy. So, oh, man. Yeah. So is that a misdemeanor or a violation?
7: Uh, yeah, it's a Class A misdemeanor. Class but, uh, A, meaning it
0: could be up to a year in jail. Is that right?
7: Yeah, um, I have had to pay for a lawyer, and he's pretty much making it. So I'm just going to have to do some community service, and I'll get off pretty pretty light.
0: What does but, that mean? Is, uh, he got, is, that a, is that a plea bargain?
7: Yeah, that's pretty much what it
0: is. Mm. So what, I had to uh, enter
7: into some program. and then
0: well, Point of information, you were at a party. The cops came and busted mm-hmm. it up. That's when you got arrested. Uh, did they force a breathalyzer on you or something? Maybe I missed that part in your story. Uh,
7: no, they did not. Um, How did they, they know you were consuming time. alcohol? That's a very good question. Um, and that's what I brought up to my lawyer. And he said, unfortunately, here in this county, the way the judges will rule is if the officer states that they smelled alcohol and if they saw that your eyes were glossy and since you're underage that uh, under 21 that the judge will find you guilty he's like i've never seen that go the other way around
1: sometimes so. lawyers are just lazy yeah and they, and they want to plea you uh, out but, it, but I, I don't really care whether you were drinking or not but I, I can tell you this if you if you weren't drinking or you really think there wasn't any evidence of it i would fight it because that's going to be on your record for the rest of your life yeah i agree yeah, that.
7: actually that's Um, if it it was going to be on my record for, you know, forever, then I would fight it out. But, uh, the the plea bargain goes where I do 20 to 30 hours community service, which that's not, I I already, you know, I'm pretty active around the community as it is. So I just need to do what I've been doing and just record it. And, uh, then after I'm done with the community service, they actually dismiss the charges and then I can get it expunged. Mm -hmm.
0: So. okay, so it could be worse than uh, you know the, the plea bargain could be worse in that case it's probably not a terrible thing to uh, to take it. I don't blame you for for going yeah. down that route, but on the other hand yeah, i'm I just call, yeah you. I'm
7: just calling in to let you guys know about the you know threats that they gave me and yeah. the entire wow. time they told my friends I was being very rude to them mm-hmm. and yet last time i you know through my experience with it. As they were, you know,
0: calling me derogatory names. Sure, and sure. Well, I sure. It's, it's to them rude whenever sir, you don't you know. do whatever they say. <laughs> Apparently. Yep. that's yeah. what they think they consider rude. Uh, it's rude whenever you aren't an obedient, completely obedient serf, and how dare you uh, question us? And they're used to rolling over people and
1: bluffing them. And so, if you kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, call their bluffs, they get very upset too.
7: Oh, yeah, because what they said was, you know, they pulled the, you know, typical, you know, I can make this easy for you, uh-huh. I can make
0: this hard for you. <laughs> right. So. Hey, if you want to make it easy for me, let me go home. Thanks for the call <laughs> exactly. tonight, dude. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. But yeah, Wayne, you're right. Uh, a lot of lawyers are lazy. It's a lot easier for them to plea bargain something than go to trial. And of course, if you go to trial then and you take a lawyer to trial, it's going to cost you more that way, too. So it's probably best for him to take the plea bargain in that particular circumstance. But in general, for advancing the idea of liberty it is not a good idea to take the plea bargain and uh, make a media spectacle out of the whole thing hey let's go to continue here henry is listening to wxnt in indianapolis you're on free talk live hello henry
8: hey guys hey there well actually what he said was correct and i can't speak for the 50 states but i know where i'm at if you see someone that is smells of alcohol has red glossy eyes slow dexterity slurred speech any of those things you can pretty much pop them for P.I. Um, underage drinking, if I see you with a container or I suspect you've been drinking and you look like you are a young person, possibly under the age of 21, I can detain you and try and determine your age.
0: So I take uh, it that means you are a police officer then? Yes, I am. Gotcha. Um, you, do you work now, in I'll be the
8: first one to tell you. I think that... Uh, you know, alcohol laws, hey, I could, you can send an 18-year-old to a foreign country and blow up a city and drive a tank and shoot people. I don't understand why it is they can't come home and drink a beer. That's right. When, Absolutely. That, when right.
1: that was that age group, the drinking age was 18. When you were, yes. But, right.
8: But there again, uh, I think there are some adults that maybe we ought to just have a license to drink and your license can be revoked. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know if I agree with that proposal, but if I don't you want, think listen. if you want to hang on, Henry, we'd love to have you continue here. If you've got more thoughts, you're certainly welcome to share them with us here in hour number three, which is coming up in moments. 800-259-9231. Plenty of time for your calls, your thoughts. Also, an update on Guantanamo Bay. It's all on the way. Coming up, Free Talk Live.
9: 59th Annual Mobile 1, 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida, is coming March 19th. See Porsche, Corvette, Ferrari, Jaguar, BMW, Mazda, Acura, Audi, and many other world-class racing teams battle in America's toughest road race as Sebring hosts the first race of the Intercontinental Mans Cup in 2011. Gates open Wednesday, March 16th. Order your tickets today by calling 800-626-RACE or visit sebringraceway.com. See the cars and stars in the American Le Mans Series, driver autograph sessions, vintage race cars, and visit the party zone featuring a spring break bikini contest. Up-and-coming band, Selby, Jumpman, Aluvion, Selena Jordan, and DJ Scotty D. Presented by GoMobileWeb.com. Four days of family fun at Sebring and children's 100 minute free. Get all the info at SebringRaceway.com. The 59th Annual Mobile 1, 12 Hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida. March 19th is the date. Sebring is the place. Order your tickets at SebringRaceway.com. Crossroad Park by Budweiser, Jaguar, and Michelin.
3: Seven.
0: the third hour of the program, you can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Unfortunately, uh, we lost Henry. He was on hold, uh, police officer, probably on duty at the time when he called in earlier tonight and uh, one of the more reasonable cops, uh, somebody who understands that the drinking laws are entirely stupid. Unreasonable. Yeah. And there's, there's more important things to,
1: for police officers to be chasing out in the streets. But my question to Henry was going to be that, what, what if I'm really tired? You know, I worked all day and I went to a party. A friend invited me to it. I walk in. I'm exhausted. But I went to the party just to show my face, say hi to a few people. Some drunk spills beer on me.
0: Well, because he was talking about for your, what we need to do is bring people up to speed. What he was saying is that uh, we had a caller earlier who was at a you know at a party, underage drinking allegedly was going on. He was arrested for that, and I said, well, what evidence do they have? Did they catch you with a beer in your hand? Well, no. Well, they just they're going to make claims about you that you've got glassy eyes, your eyes are red, and you smelled like alcohol, and the the allegation is that's enough for a conviction, which is baloney. But the right well. The question is, how many times have teenagers or, you know, somebody who's 20 been caught at one of these parties, been charged with underage drinking, and has actually taken it to trial? How many times has that happened? Because I guarantee you, 99% of the time, they're taking plea bargains. I was a bartender at 20 years old. I was serving alcohol at 20. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And now, of course, the drinking age is 21, but it, you, it was 18. It was lowered during the Vietnam War in many states because they said, if you're like Henry was saying, if you're old enough to go over to Vietnam and get killed, you're old enough to drink. And so they lowered it to 18, and then they decided back in the early 80s that they were going to raise it back up in many states, so they would do, they'd do it one, one year per year. So they went up to 19, and then 20, and then 21, so the people who, had, who could drink last year could still drink this year. They did it gradually in, in my home grandfathered state. Grandfathered in, yeah. They grandfathered in slowly, gradually, rather than doing it all at once.
0: But you see where I'm coming from, Wayne. Right. That uh, it's probably pretty unlikely that most of these young people are challenging these charges sure, and taking them to trial.
1: Yeah, one time I got a ticket for going 56 in a 55 mile an hour zone because I was <laughs> I was
0: 19 years old and they knew I wasn't going to fight it and they didn't know, right. I didn't know the
1: system and they just wanted to ching ching. Right. You're going to be intimidated. You're
0: going to be intimidated. That's what they do. They have this process to beat you down and to intimidate you into just going along to get along. And they made it pretty easy for those of you just tuning in. The young man that was arrested was offered a plea bargain where he would only have to do community service and the charge would be wiped off. His record would be dismissed, essentially, which that's good. I mean, and he's as he said, he's already doing the community service. So whatever, make it go away. Fine. But in general, taking plea bargains just encourages them people taking plea bargains encourages this process of intimidation mm-hmm. to continue can you imagine what would happen if you're at a high school party and or you know early college party you get 19 year olds 18 year olds around drinking alcohol they all get busted in some massive cops uh, cop raid and all of them take it to trial mm-hmm. what would happen well, they, would he, have to, they would have to prove every single one of those cases, and it would load up the court system so heavy, it's likely they'd start throwing charges out.
1: You know, and there's, a, there's, a, there's so many good cops out there, too. But, I, I, you know, he, the caller had mentioned that the young man uh, who was arrested, that they were making fun of me or saying things to me. So they were wasting their time with this young man who is... The police. Yeah, yeah, the police. Uh, they're wasting all this, this taxpayer money and, because it's their time is, is the taxpayer's money. Uh, harassing this kid what about the rapists and the thugs out there and the murderers that they're not catching so they're harassing they're wasting their time on this guy
0: who's not hurting anybody yeah, it's the middle of the night. I mean, there's, there's, there's usually that's of when parties going are going out. on. So something's happening out there. Some store's getting broken into or somebody's having their car broken into or robbed at knife point for crack or whatever. And you're right. The cops are spending a fair amount of police resources because when they go in and bust up a, co- a college party or high school party, it's not just two cops that show up typically. It's a lot usually because they know they're dealing with a lot of kids and they know that a bunch of them are going to jump the fence and run. And so they'll get to chase some of them and tackle them or whatever. And so they're probably very jazzed up and very excited a lot of them you know kind of that adrenaline rush as we've seen a lot of police officers are hooked on the adrenaline that they get from entering into those situations especially when they know they're not going to be fought back against in a lot of cases not to say that that won't happen at a drunken party but in in most of those cases kids are just going to give up and they're going to you know at worst case they're probably going to run maybe the absolute worst case uh, is you're going to find one that's unruly and willing to fight the cops but that seems pretty unlikely
1: right out the back door yeah so, That's what we used to do.
0: I don't know. Running from the cops could get you beaten. So, no, I mean, you go out the back door before there's anybody around the back. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, if you were if you were cognizant enough to know that something's about to go down. Uh, but again, having these people ch- actually challenge these charges would would go a long way to ending this kind of treatment by the police. Because if they knew they couldn't get away with it anymore, if they knew that every college, I mean, we're here in Keene, New Hampshire, which is a college town, approximately about 5,000 people here uh, come here for college. And, you know, there's another 20 20 or so thousand that live here. And uh, these kids are getting harassed all the time by the cops. And of course, they're young. They don't know their rights. They don't know about how the system works. And mom and dad certainly want to make things go away mom and dad don't want to have to do anything with having their kids get convictions and stuff like that um, so they, they just want to make things go away and as you point out wayne that in many cases these are convictions that are on their their permanent record and the only way to stop that from happening is to get lucky and have a plea bargain like the young man that we talked to would have where the charge is dismissed if the community services is, is performed or to actually challenge it take it to court and win um, because good luck proving that you're, uh, you're underage drinking. You, you got no evidence. You, you're essentially, you're bluffing cops. Now, I understand that the, the officer was saying that all he needs to do to make an arrest is to see you with, you know, at a party and, and believe that you're inebriated. But that's not a conviction. That's only to make the arrest. That's right. not what you need, I wouldn't think, But to it get sounds a like the judges
1: are, are going along with this stuff because it, it becomes like a big shakedown racket. Sure, they the are. Judge, the judges want to just uh, have an open shut case or, or, or rule that that this officer's word that you had uh, glossy eyes and you smell like alcohol is, right. is all the proof they need. But really, but- you need a little more than that.
0: This is this should it be should true, be. and I, you're right. I'm not saying that the system isn't rigged, and that you wouldn't get convicted if you took it. To, you know, if you didn't take the plea bargain, you went to trial. However, if you've been charged with a Class A misdemeanor, I don't know about Illinois, or yeah, it was Illinois where he was calling from. I know things are a lot worse in general in Illinois. So, please, this is not legal advice. But I know that here in New Hampshire, a Class A misdemeanor, you can get a jury trial on that. So, in that case, you're then showing that you're going to have to convince a jury. That this young person was underage drinking. And if you don't have any solid evidence, I would hope that that would mean the jury wouldn't rule in your favor or or excuse me, would would rule in your favor. So uh, just again, once again, we're having this conversation and we were discussing this earlier in the show tonight where people just are too scared to go down this road. They're too intimidated by what might happen. I mean, who wants to go to jail for a year? Who wants that? Well, odds are good you're not going to go to jail for a year. Even if you do take that charge to trial and you go in front of a judge or go in front of a jury, even if you are convicted, unless you have a long string of uh, criminal history prior to that, odds are good that the judge is going to use some discretion and sentence you to something like community service anyway, even after you go through the trial. So in many cases, there's no reason not to go through the trial. And there's all kinds of reasons to uh, go through with the trial because you're loading up their system. You're adding something else to their court docket. They have to actually spend money and time prosecuting you at that point, whereas before it's just a big bluff and they're hoping that you'll just take the plea bargain. Now the prosecutor actually has to look at the case the prosecutor actually has to come up with some evidence he actually has to ask some questions of a police officer on the stand they actually have to pull that police officer and put him you know take him off duty and put him on the stand they have to go through the time and the of scheduling a trial and scheduling everybody to be there for that that one event if people start doing this en mass it will put too much of a burden on the system and they'll have to change something about what they're going to do and they can't just build a new court right quick so it's not likely that they're going to easily be able to expand government use this as an excuse to expand government their resources are limited because they're just state governments it's not the federal government so at some point if they get too loaded up with too many cases they'll just have to say screw it we're dropping charges and we've started to see that happen here in New Hampshire with the activists up here so it's it's a a proven uh, proof of concept, we've got it. Uh, 800-259-9231 Guantanamo. Update your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. Come This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there completely free, uh, including our webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact. The chat room built in to the very same page. You go to cam.freetalklive.com to see and do that. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And Memory Dealers brings you the webcam. They also offer you the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. Memorydealers.com includes SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs in stock and ready to ship via over night delivery visit memorydealers.com as we continue of course we'll take your phone calls about anything let's talk david listening in huntington west virginia to wvts hello david hello hey you're on the air go ahead with your thoughts
10: yeah y'all were talking about the underage drinking earlier yes, sir. um there's just y'all realize how many ideas you're giving people giving kids and other people to get away with committing a crime
0: what What do you mean ideas yeah
10: to just do it and then, you know, just fight it as long as I fired, it, I'll get
0: away with it. No, because I didn't say the they would of... get away with it. No,
1: they won't get away with it. If there's if there's credible evidence, then we're, we're not talking about that. We're talking about cre- credible evidence. There's which...
0: no guarantee that if you take a, a, a charge to trial that it's going to be tossed out, but that certainly will increase the odds that the system will be overburdened with a bunch of junk cases and that they will have to toss out the bunk charges. You don't think that's a good thing? You don't think it's a good thing for young people yeah. who are charged with this nonsense to uh, to avoid the you know possibility being convicted
3: yeah it
10: certainly is but most people don't think that way they just think that they just heard an idea to get off of something that, that they really did
0: well so what, what if they, they really did it like
10: everything else
0: well wait so what if they really did it I, underage I, drinking I, I, I I'm, I'm 31
10: years old i sell liquor in a small town that has about 3,000 people yeah and just in my small town there are at least 15 people that drive around drunk all day every day
1: right now, how old and are they it, it,
10: they're, they're of age, but there's still plenty of young kids that come in there. And uh, in Huntington, I'm, I'm right outside Huntington. Huntington's a lot bigger than that. There, you ever heard of Marshall University? I have not, no. Well, it's named after John Marshall. It's a really big university. Uh, our town has about 50,000 people, and at least almost half of those are Marshall students. Okay. So underage drinking is a really big problem in that town.
0: Well wait a minute. And, is it a pro- well hold on, it's not a problem if people drink underage responsibly, is it?
10: They just they don't do it. No there there's not very many responsible people in this world anymore. I mean, <laughs> there there may be a, a few that are listening to you, but most of the people well, so that hear lot. something like
1: I mean, I was responsible. The drinking and, age was eighteen when I was that age group and I was a responsible drinker. Well, you if- just
0: hold on a second. You? Even if even if you didn't- didn't- hold on. Wait, there's there's even if you did binge... Wayne, even if you did binge drink or whatever as a teenager, you probably learned your lesson right quick in those particular cases. You didn't need to go to jail in order to learn that uh, drinking too much is a problem.
10: Yeah, that's right. But just the mindset, of the, especially the young people today, is if they can get away with something, they're going to do it. And that, to me, that's just... That's true of the whole kids. Yeah, but it's a lot worse now. Like I said, I'm 31 years old and I've got a daughter who's getting ready to be a teenager. I'm scared to death.
1: <laughs> well, well, you know, what? I, I share that. I, I have kids who are, are approaching teenage years as well, and I feel the same way. But I also think that you have to teach your kids. You have to spend time with them. A lot of parents nowadays don't spend enough time with their kids. Uh, they don't have a relationship with their kids, and their kids go off and do whatever the heck they want.
10: And, and I'm guilty of that because she lives with her mother, and her mother pretty much is starting to let her do whatever she wants.
1: Right, and, that, that's, and a bit, that's, a, that's a problem. You've got to have a relationship with your child, and you have to teach them about drugs and alcohol and, and what responsibility means. My parents
10: I try because I was addicted to drugs all my life, and I've been clean for seven years now. And I, I tell her every day not to look at me as a role model.
0: Well, good well, for you. Well, that, not, yeah.
10: not to be like me. Not to, not to be like I was when I was growing up.
0: So wouldn't you agree, though, that teenagers uh, should not be thrown in a cage if they get caught with alcohol?
10: They shouldn't be drinking. They shouldn't be thrown in a cage. But they, they shouldn't get away with it scot free either. What do you so think should that, happen? That's, that's one something. I mean, what? You, mean, you said that one kid got community service. Something just not
0: just. But why? There's no crime. I mean, he hasn't harmed anybody by by having a beer or two or having liquor or whatever. No well, one has just, been hurt.
10: That's just another thing. I mean, people just don't today don't realize that that words have meanings. A crime is a crime.
0: No, sir, a crime is not no 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 no. No, there a crime has to have a definition. And to me well, the if, definition if the way you of a crime want to drink if you're under twenty one. Look wait a minute. There are two types of so-called crimes. There's one that's real and then there's one that's completely made up. And the one that's real is when you harm someone else, when you do it when you aggress against another person or their property. So for instance, if you were to drink something and then destroy someone else's car or destroy their, their property in some way, that would be a crime. But the crime would be the destruction of the property, not the drinking. Uh, the, the prohibitions that the government has created, these malum prohibitum laws, where some legislators sit around these strangers, I don't know who they are, most of us don't know them, they sit around and they decide what is and what is not allowed and they label it a crime if somebody does A, B, or C, even though A, B, and C don't have anything to do with actually having a victim. Those aren't real crimes, and I don't care if people commit those acts because they haven't hurt anybody.
10: I'm not saying I agree with the law. I'm just saying that it's on the books.
0: Well, that is...
10: <laughs> just like when I was on drugs, I didn't agree with most of the laws because I was a drug addict, and it was keeping me from getting high.
1: But you know something? Wouldn't you rather stop getting high because out of love for your own soul than because somebody put something on a piece of paper that you're not supposed to do it?
10: That's why I quit getting high. I- right on the head that's the only way you
0: can quit being highs if you decide that you've had enough not out of fear but out of love for yourself I've been in jail and I've I've seen the people uh, in there there was one guy in there who was on withdrawal from heroin he was not having a good time Um, but all he was talking about while he was in there was getting out and smoking a joint and you know going out and you know getting back on the horse I mean (laughs) yeah the fact that it's illegal meant nothing to him right all it is is a system all their laws are are an, is essentially an excuse to put bodies in cages so they have an excuse to increase the amount of cages that they have and increase the amount of uh, jailers that they have and, and continue to expand the size of government. So I understand what you're saying and that it says it on a piece of paper somewhere that you're not supposed to do these things but that doesn't mean I should respect that that doesn't mean I should obey that that doesn't mean that I should appreciate that those things are wrong. It's wrong what they're doing to these teenagers and it's wrong. To, it's wrong what they did to black people and you know during the jim crow laws and it's wrong what they did to the jews back in nazi germany and all those things were legal too or they were made you know they were the system and they were created by people within the system so they had that that aura of legitimacy around them but they were
1: wrong and by the way the, the, the abuse of drugs or alcohol is 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 we all want to try to prevent that you know however is this the correct way to do it is this the optimal way to do it that's the real question
10: no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't throw them in jail. In the area I live in, they are they banned the fake marijuana, the incense. Mm-hmm. It's banned. They're banning bath salts because kids are snorting up their nose. Yep. It's cocaine. I mean, this world, this country, this world is just crazy.
0: Well, and banning those things, as we discussed last night, and I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, we talked about the ban on the synthetic cannabinoids last night.
1: That's not going to stop it. No, they'll do
0: something else. It, it never does. Well, they can still do it. They'll just be smuggled in and sold on the black market. That's all they're doing. They're just putting those products into the black market and they'll be sold by criminals now instead of by the corner convenience store. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live.
3: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, your chance to win tickets to the 12 Hours of Sebring. We'll tell you more about that here in a little bit and give you the contest lines. The contest lines are different from our call-in numbers. Call number 800-259-9231. That allows you to bring up anything you want. Now imagine opening your front door and coming face-to-face with your identity thief. The criminal who wasn't content to steal from your bank accounts or use your credit cards. This guy knows where you live. And he's staking out your house and watching your family. That's what Fox News reported about one woman. Fortunately, she had advanced warning from LifeLock. She said that without LifeLock, she wouldn't have known thieves were coming. And added that LifeLock services are legit. They do what they say that they'll do and... It's worth it. Now, here at Free Talk Live, we don't want you to suffer the uh, personal and financial firestorm that identity theft uh, theft brings. Protect yourself and your family with the same identity theft program that Mark and I are using, LifeLock. You can join us in protecting those you love and things that you've worked so hard for from the ravages of identity theft this year. We need you to call now because we were able to get you 60 bonus days of LifeLock protection. That's a 60-day bonus if you call 800 242 2693 do it for yourself and your family that's life lock at 1-800-242-2693 800-242-2693 all right so 800 is our number we continue with your phone calls andrew is listening in michigan you're on free talk live with ian and wayne andrew ian. Mich- hey go oh, ahead hello you're on the air
11: hey, I- I, um, I am a college student, and I am studying data mining uh, uh, for my bachelor degree, and I wanted to call in and talk to you guys about using a computer to and algorithms on a computer program in order to uh, measure things, measure data, because it has to do with uh, what Sonny brought up earlier with the Zeitgeist project, and it also sort of has to do with uh, Cuba sort of um, moving away from communism and into a more capitalist environment.
0: Okay.
11: Uh. Basically, um, the whole Zeitgeist thing, um, it wouldn't work because the argument is that this computer program can use an algorithm in order to find out what everybody wants and it can remove money. And for some reason, uh, people will be in some sort of utopian society because, um, all resources will be at, um, max capacity of some sort, but algorithms don't necessarily work that way. Um, One way that we can all maybe um, see how this works is in Netflix when you rate a movie like a four-star and it says, hey, I think you're going to like this movie as a Mm four-star. If you don't, for some reason, rate it that way, there's no um, consequence. It just becomes a new input and the data just kind of gets revamped through an algorithm again. And then it makes better predictions for next time. It's just a prediction and it's not some sort of final sort of thing <laughs> um that the resource doesn't end
3: mm-hmm. uh,
11: how this sort of relates to cuba is that basically when you remove um a market from a system you replace a market system with a management system uh so the management system it's based off of whatever the dictator or superior being wants and right it's, it's arbitrary
1: what, it's, and, it, and it's centralized
11: Oh yes, absolutely. The the thing about um, the zeitgeist movement is that they don't understand the profit motive and they don't understand the pricing mechanism because we have these little monkey brains that don't allow us to understand all the information. However, if we understand calculations within our pricing system, we can make uh, you know predictions that like uh, of what kind of foods we want based on how much they actually cost to get to us. Or how much they cost to for a person to make, or the information it takes to obtain. Uh, you know that's why college is expensive is because you're most likely gaining information that you can't get as a, a sort of laborer on a and farm. It's also just expensive. expensive because
0: of federal uh, yeah. government intervention. Student loans.
11: Oh yeah, I know that too. Well, we study Austrian economics uh, uh, kind of exclusively at my at my school because I do have an Austrian professor. Nice. And so, but yeah, I do I do understand that.
1: Yeah it's kind of screwed up, but well, you know, for the when, most part. When I started yeah, college exactly. uh, back, um, I hate to say the year, <laughs> but when I started college...
11: 1970.
1: The, <laughs> yeah, something, yeah. 70-something. I was going to a pretty expensive private university, and I remember I could have gone to the State University of Connecticut or one of the state schools for about $1,200 a year, and my school was like 3360 tuition without room and board. I commuted my first three years of college. And, and so the first year of college, I paid that, you know, I worked part time, I was able to pay it myself. And, and then sophomore year started. And of course, we had all the inflation in the 70s. So Jimmy Cotta started the student loan program. And that that came into effect. And by the time I was a senior, that same tuition was over $8,200 a year at that university. Mm-hmm. Same tuition, same number of credits, everything, but it was it was a lot more because you, you basically flooded all the um, the universities with all this funny money, this government funny money that's borrowed, and it drove the prices up because before that, universities had to charge what people could afford.
11: Yes, we're absolutely seeing that today because the student uh, that student loan program essentially when the federal government gives those to colleges, a lot of the students on campus really think that that's somehow suppressing the price of tuition. But what that does is send a market signal to the university that there is a group of people that have this money that can only go to towards one thing: the university. Mm-hmm. And so they raise their prices,
3: mm-hmm.
11: uh, you know, about three percent or so each year, yep. give or take. And it, it's just. Uh, quite unfair and it really skews the system
1: and now yeah. it's it's ridiculous look at the debt that college students are in when they get out for some mean, silly degree that doesn't even earn them a living when they get out in many cases they're out w- waiting tables with with a communications degree or a literature degree at one time if you want to go get a literature degree at least you could pay for it yourself and, and come out of college and at least you don't didn't have all that debt sitting uh, on your shoulders so um, yeah.
11: yeah part of the reason i'm getting the data mining degree is because i went and got the lit degree and we had the uh, class of what to do with a lit degree, and I got kind of scared and decided to do something else. But, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very unfortunate what's happening.
0: So any other comments you want to share on uh, the Zeitgeist movement?
11: Uh, no, I just wish that, uh, Sonny and, and anybody out there don't put any more time into it. It's, it's utopia. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's read so all your ridiculous economics and Mises and Rothbard and that's what you need. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's just so ridiculous. I mean, the, the movie is like, two and a half hours long and there's a lot that's agreeable in there. Like they start out talking about how violence is bad. And of course I com- completely agree with some of the, the, those premises that they're looking at humans and the tendency to be violent and and all of the you know, different aspects of that. Uh, and there's a lot of legitimate critique of the current system, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, but as as we pointed out earlier, there's a number of premises that are completely incorrect, and, and or, from those premises, or not
1: specific enough for the, the concept of money. Right? Th- then, they're correct that fiat money is, is a problem. But if you have real uh, real value based money, then you're actually bartering. You're trading for something of value for something of value.
0: And that's how prices absolutely. are set. Is yeah. when people are actually doing the the trading when they offer their product or service to the marketplace, and someone decides to buy. At whatever that rate is that 's the set price and uh, it 's important to have those so people know what 's valuable and and you know what the value of those things are and, and how much quantity there is out there and the idea that it would all somehow be able to be tracked by some you know computer system that is centralized somewhere is really. How do you even get to that point? It's it's like a logistical nightmare to even con- conceptualize how this would happen. I mean, would you build your little concentric circled cities first, the utopian cities first, and then somehow <laughs> link them all together, or would you have to build the computer program first and then build the uh, the centralized cities? And and uh, how you make it all uh, interact together and and all gel with uh, whoever it is that's deciding how these things would work? It, like it's beyond comprehension how this would actually end up uh, panning out, for me at least. And on the
1: other hand, the computers around the world, the Internet, if if everything is decentralized, you can have a a, a free market like we've never had before because the information uh, that you need in in a good marketplace is moving quicker and it's more responsive to changes in, in people's wants and needs. So you could have a better free market with a decentralized computer system uh, that, that enables the, and, and empowers the individual rather than one titular computer somewhere run by a bunch of mad scientists.
0: Well, right. Your question earlier, Wayne, was who programs the computer? That was one of my questions, and it was never really sufficiently answered in any of the conversations I've had with any of the Zeitgeist uh, supporters so that's a big issue. Like, who decides? And one of the things they said in the movie was that, well, we'll send out a survey, and you can write on the survey what it is you want. And then, you know, someone will ultimately have to decide what you get out of what it is that you want and how that will end up happening. But just the central control uh, doesn't work. You'd think that somebody who believes in the ideas of liberty would understand that. Anyway, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, Andrew. Plenty of time for your thoughts in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Enough time for your calls, your thoughts here at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various features that you'll find there. Uh, I was supposed to give uh, do a, a 12 hours of Sebring giveaway here uh, in a little bit, so stay tuned for that opportunity. Our number again, 800-259-9231. Let's jump right back into your phone calls. Uh, You, of course, can bring up anything you want and join us online at freetalklive.com. Let's talk to Dennis, listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Hello, Dennis. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
12: Yeah, I was listening uh, to the underage drinking thing right there, and I just told you a guy that uh, back in the 60s, while I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, I saved some young kids uh, from getting in trouble one night. I just got off work at the airport. And I usually go up to this DX station all night, and I get me, you know, six packs, and maybe drive around someplace play my radio, have a beer or two like that. Mm-hmm. One night, these young kids came in there, and I stayed right there, and And, let them, and they got ahead and got some beer. I said, now here's what we're going to do, man. There's some troopers that come up through here every now and then, you know, even this late at night. You guys just tell me where you're going. You just follow me, and then if the cop pulls you over, I'll stick around and I'll get you off the hook, I guarantee it. So sure enough, we pull out of there, go on down the road, heading on into Nashville, and sure enough, cop pull them kids over. So I turned around, brought my car out there and started arguing with the cops. So he says, well, we're going back up to the DX station because I've, I've been hearing about that place. So we got up there, and, of course, the owner, he's, no, 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 I, I didn't tell them kids, and I told the cop, no. I said, no, they didn't get, get this beer from this place right here, man, at all. I was just here said, I bought my beer right here, and I guarantee you, you sorry, two-bit, best-to-punk, <laughs> that I am old enough to drink. He said, you want to see, <laughs> you know? Because I told you guys before I hate cops anyway. So so he just, you know, looked at me for a moment, and then I told him, I said, look, I'm really getting to lose my patience with you right here and now. You get back in your car, shut up, go out there and start catching some criminals somewhere. Well, I'll have my Uncle Clarence, who's a lawyer in Smithville, check into you and find out what you forgot to put in your application, man. Wow. We'll so see how fast I can get you fired.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Now, how long ago was this? Well, this was
12: in
1: the 60s. Okay, things are different back <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah, Barney Fife w- and Andy Griffith no don't, <laughs> don't
0: longer exist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would play out so well today. You might get thrown to the pavement if you tried something like that today.
12: Yeah, well, he, I got, he did. He got in his it's car story, and though. he drove off. So I That's... told him, I said, I don't ever want to see you again, man. So we drove off, and uh, I told I followed the kids then. I said, I'm going to run interference for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
12: And so they did. We went on in Nashville. They were going to Vanderbilt and everything like that. And everybody was Thank you. Then I went back and seen the owner of the place. He said, Dennis, man, thank you, man. You saved my business, mm, okay. my home, everything. He says, I know where you work at. He says, anytime you get short on uh, gas or cigarettes or anything else. You just come and see me and I'll take care
0: of you. <laughs> that is a great story, Dennis. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you right. at 800-259-9231. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen today if you talk to a cop like that. Then. No, you know, you know,
1: I think that, that you have to be firm sometimes if you really feel like you're being injusticed uh, by, by a police officer. But the best thing to do is to talk talk with people and to be yep. respectful because you don't know if you, you have a good one or a bad one when you first meet up. And that's true. A first impression is important.
0: You know, uh, just further thoughts on the underage drinking topic. We had a caller earlier who was kind of suggesting that, well, it's the law, and so, you know, kids need to be punished, it's the law. Uh, I think that what we need to focus on as a society, if I can speak collectively in that way, is uh, compassion and harm reduction. I mean, if it's true that we don't want kids to overdo it when it comes to drinking, look, we know they're going to drink, okay? Can we accept that? Please, yeah. as you know, individuals. And if they're not allowed to drink, they'll do something else crazy to get high because yeah. that's what they do—like so. huff paint or something like or that, or something
1: stupid, or glue or something. Yeah. Dumb. So,
0: so to to engage in you know acts of compassion and information and harm reduction are the ways to handle this. As you mentioned, Wayne, as a parent, uh, you want to teach your kids about responsible drinking, to educate them at home before they go out and encounter their first high school party where they go overboard and end up in the hospital from alcohol poisoning or down the line have something horrible like that happen to them or or one of their friends because they didn't learn how to handle drinking at home at, you know, the discretion of their parents or under the, the supervision of their parents, so using that kind of approach to educate is very important, and if somebody is addicted to drugs or alcohol and, and has a problem, to understand that the only way they're ever going to get out of that is if they come to that conclusion on their own and to engage in you know harm reduction where they are offered the the way out, where they are given a path to uh, to end this addiction for themselves and and where they're, they're loved. And they're appreciated and they're related to and they're introduced to someone who has had a similar experience and can relate to them and and help them along their road rather than threatening them and using violence against them and putting them in a cage and scaring them. Those are not the ways to solve these problems. Yeah, drug and alcohol abuse is a medical problem. It should not be a criminal problem
1: unless they hurt somebody while they're under the influence. But
0: But a lot of the people that say that, I agree with that statement. But a lot of the people that say that, the hidden message is, well, we shouldn't be arresting them, we should be throwing them into treatment programs, you know, which is like uh okay, it's slightly better than throwing them into a cage, but not really because you're just then using the government to enrich this whoever it is that's running this treatment program sure. by forcing people who would otherwise not choose to be there to be there, which of course actually damages the quality of the program because then in a like a group discussion, you've got a bunch of people in there that don't want to be there and aren't really serious about quitting uh, whatever their addiction is. So it really is, it makes things worse when you try to sure. force people into treatment. I know that's not what you were saying, yeah. but that's like the code that a lot of the politicians will use. Well,
1: well, you know, I would argue, too, that the society that, that this is evolving into with, with, the, at, with the more coercion, the lack of opportunities, uh, you know, the direction we're moving into is, is actually creating um, a void for a lot of people where that's all they feel they have to do is to escape it. Whereas when when you uh, when you have a more functional society where people have opportunities and they're happy and they've got freedom, then I, I think people actually feel less of a need to abuse drugs or alcohol. Maybe the case. L- look at the look at the Indian reservations, look at look at uh, uh, the Soviet Union. There were, all the alcoholism in the Soviet Union was worse mm. than here. Good point. Let's continue. more miserable.
0: We've got Mike on the line in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Wayne. Yeah,
13: how are you guys doing? Hey,
0: Mike. What's on your mind tonight?
13: Good, good. And I want to comment on the uh, driver's license uh, that the guy was talking about earlier. Sure, go ahead. Uh, I had an instance where I got pulled over. I can't remember even why, and it was like 20 years ago. And uh, I didn't have my driver's license on me, and, they, and the cops were all freaking out. You know, and they were like, you know, they were debating on it with, with each other. And the one guy says, "Well, he he, he didn't say, uh, you know, he didn't. He wasn't going to give it to you. He just said he, he did You know, he left it at home." And they were all freaking out and debating, and then I go, just look up on your computer, and so they did. And the cop goes, well, you remember you have to have that on you at all times when you're walking and everything. And I let him know. I says, I says that's a driver's license, right? I, I says that doesn't say a walking license on it. <laughs> and this guy just, he turned all red and freaked out, and they were gonna grab me and throw me, in jail pretty much they were just freaking. Mm-hmm. And I says, okay. I said, and, you know, because I was kind of telling him, no, I don't have to have it at all times. You know, it doesn't say that, yep. you know. And, and he pretty much freaked out was coming at me. I said, okay, all right, all right, I'll carry it at all times. And then he's kind of let me go. But, wow. I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a very,
0: that's a very sharp comment to make. And you're absolutely right. I mean, what obligation do you have to carry their card around in your pocket that you may not even have? Because not everybody has a driver's license. They do have government IDs, but you don't have an obligation to get one of those either. I can drive my legs for free. Hey, thanks, Mike, for the call and the story tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Want to make sure we've got enough time. ...to give you the Sebring tickets, but first you need to know what it is. The 12 Hours of Sebring is an awesome Le Mans race in Sebring, Florida... ...happening March 16th through the 19th. It's like a race party. This thing is huge. Uh, The trials are the first three days, culminating in the big race on Saturday. And here at Free Talk Live, we've got a pair of four-day super passes... ...for you to attend the 12 Hours of Sebring in Sebring, Florida. If you call in, I'll give you the number here in a moment... And it would be nice if you would go ahead and, uh, you know, actually be attending the race. You know, like if you actually intend to go uh, to call in now for the tickets, 12 hours of Sebring, you'll get two four-day super passes. We'll give it to caller number, I don't know, maybe number five or something like that i'll pick an arbitrary winner (laughs) because it's always arbitrary if you call in at 603-435-1105 don't worry if you don't win today we've got more of these to give away i think throughout this the rest of this week Uh, so you're probably gonna have a chance to win i think every single night this week so especially if you're in florida obviously it'll be really convenient for you but this is such a big race wayne i don't know if you are into the racing scene i'm not personally but mark told me he went to this thing one year and it was like the biggest party he'd ever been to. Just a just a humongous amount of people in this huge area. And like, yeah, there's the race, but then there's also kind of the tailgating party section mm-hmm. where things just are absolutely crazy. The number for you, 603-435-1105. You get a two pair, uh, excuse me, a pair of four-day super passes to the 12 Hours of Sebring. It's happening March 16th through the 19th. You can, of course, find more information online. And if you call in at 603-435-1105, we'll do caller number 5, 603-435-1105. Call that now, and we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
14: Podcast listeners, hey, uh, sorry for the bad audio. I'm calling on a cell phone from Florida. I'll be back on the show on Saturday. But um, I need a favor. Uh, I don't do this too often, so... Please keep that in mind. If, do you remember the ads that we had that we ran last week? They were Paul Frederick. They were for some white Oxford shirts. Well, they, they got some really poor response. Now, I don't think a week is nearly long enough to decide whether or not a particular ad venue works or not. But I accepted the, the ad buy because I knew that I had a, an ace in the hole, and that ace in the hole was you guys. So I'm asking, if you have a job where you have to dress nice or you need a dress shirt for church or a funeral or something like that, please buy this one from Paul Frederick. Um, you always need a white dress shirt. Your old one is probably stained or frayed in the, the cuffs or something. Um, or you just need another one. I mean, having two, two or three isn't a bad thing. Um, you can't buy one for 19, $19.95 anywhere. You, you, if you go to the mall, it's going to be 40 bucks. If you go to one of those discount stores, um, you're, you're not going to be able to get one that fits you in the neck, or fits you in the waist, or fits you. Or the, the arms are going to be too short. This one's going to fit you right because you're going to go online and get a tailor done. This is their loss leader. They're not making money on this. They just want you to go to the site so that you, you know, get used to buying from them, and then hopefully you'll buy something, you know, else from them in the future. And that's where they're hoping to make their money. However, that doesn't concern me. What concerns me is whether you you buy the white dress shirt today. (laughs) So um, go to 1995shirt.com. Use promo code TUCK. That's T-U-C-K. I'm not cussing at you. Promo code TUCK, 1995shirt.com. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your help.
9: You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, Attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from libertystickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's libertystickers.com. But wait. (laughs)